Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. Good evening. All right. Y'all awake tonight? Thank you for coming to church tonight. No better place to be anyway than in church. If you're joining us online, welcome. We're so glad that you're joining us tonight. Can we put our hands together and welcome all those that are joining us online tonight? Always good to have people joining us uh, that way. I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to jump right into this tonight because of of time. I got a lot of stuff I want to share with you. Hope you brought a pen, paper, your phone, something. You can write down a couple things. I'm going to give you four things tonight that I think will help you if you want to make a lasting change. Not just a a change or an indefinite change, but a a lasting, something that's going to last and make a difference. I think it's going to help you. We're going to talk about your mindset a little bit. You're thinking, I have a new book I just came out with called Mindset Matters. And uh, I think it really does. And, and uh, something that I, I heard years ago was sometimes we just need a little checkup from the neck up. A little checkup from the neck up to get rid of some stinking thinking. How many, how many would admit at some point in your life your, your own thinking or your own mindset has hindered you? Let me see your hand. Yeah, most of us would, would say that. And, and so, I, you know, I thought a lot of times, I thought that scripture said, be transformed by the removal of your mind. And uh, I, I looked, it says, by the renewal of your mind, that's a change in the way that we think. And so we're going to talk about that. So the doctor is here for your checkup. Her guy went to the doctor. So the doctor, he said, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in pain everywhere, everywhere. I just, everywhere I touch, it hurts. I touch my shoulder and it just hurts. I touch my knee and it hurts just everywhere. My hip is hurting everywhere I touch. It's just painful. And he said, I need you to run some tests. The doctor said, okay, let me run some tests. He ran a few test on him. And he said, I think I figured out the problem. He said, what is it? He said, your, your fingers broke. <laughs> Everywhere I touch. Y'all are slow, but you're worth waiting on. I'm going to wait for you. It's, it's okay. Uh, here, here's the good thing. I love my jokes. So even if no one laughs, I think they're hilarious. That's what that's what's got me through all this time. But uh, uh, um, I really had to work on my own thinking. I've had to work on my own thinking, and uh, we can really change the way we look at things when we when we change the way we think about things. I was in the dentist's office getting my teeth cleaned, and they got the the floss out. I hate that part, the floss. And they and they I think they try extra hard to hurt you with the floss just so they can tell you how important it is that you do floss. Because what the floss is, is to get out all that extra junk that's not, you know, they don't want, you don't want in there that's going to cause decay or that kind of thing. And I thought, man, I would love to be able to, to just cut people's heads like open and go in with some mental floss. Just go in there and just get out all that junk that holds us back and that messes us up and, and just get in there. So that's what I'm going to do tonight. I want to get in there with a little mental floss. I think it's important uh, that, we, that we do this. And you know, um, uh, it's good to have my, my wife and son with me this weekend over here. Can you say hello to them, Christine Solomon? And of course... It's always, always good to be at, uh, at Res Life and uh, love, love your pastors, love their family, and love all that God is, is doing here. And uh, so great to see this morning the, the House of Hope 
And uh, that we're all going to get to be a part of a building that's going to make an incredible difference in, in people's lives. And so, uh, so that's just going to be that's just going to be great. But um, outside of salvation, I would say the greatest way to turn your life around is to turn around the way you think, to change the way that you think. Your mindset really does matter. And, and the moment you begin to think different, different things begin to happen in your life. Um, how many would like to be doing better than you're doing right now in some area of your life? In some area of your life, you can think of an, of an area. Maybe it's in your health, maybe it's in your relationship, maybe it's in your finances. Uh, different desires, uh, a different, if we want outcomes, if we, want, if we desire different outcomes, we're going to have to change the way we think. So if the way that you've thought and the way that you've believed up until now was capable of producing what you desired, and while most of us lift our hands that there's some other areas and other things we desire, then if, if, what you, if the way you think thought up until now was capable of producing that, you'd already have that. So since you're not where you want to be, obviously maybe there's some things that need to change. Maybe, maybe wrong thinking or wrong believing may be the cause of that. So my goal today, I want to introduce you to kind of to a new way of, of thinking, I believe, that will produce the, the results that God's promised for us and the, and the results that you desire. So we're actually going to talk about reprogramming the way we think and creating a new and, and more powerful belief system. So, so tonight we're going to deal with your BS for a little bit, your, your belief systems, but we're in church. What would, what did y'all, I'm going to have to pray for you guys. I could tell some of you have a, but I, I want to begin this process by renewing our mind and changing our program. So I, I want us to figure out how do we take the promises, the thousands of promises that are in God's word off the pages of the Bible and, and see them become real life experiences? How many like to experience all the promises that God made in the Bible? How many like that? Yeah. So how do we get it off the page of the Bible and then begin to experience it in our real life? Because I find there's a wide gap between what God has said and what a lot of Christians experience. There's a big gap there. And so, so I've been on a quest to discover why the Bible says one thing and sometimes you and I experience something different. And, and I believe that you'll soon see what it has to do with, with what God says about our thinking. And, and I believe that the things that are important to God, he says a lot. And there's no subject in the Bible that even comes close uh, to, to uh, being talked about as much as our thinking, as much as our thinking. What does the Bible say? As a man thinketh so as a person thinks, that tells you right there a whole lot about how powerful you're thinking. You become what you think about. As a person thinketh, or, or what about Ephesians 3.20? You have above and, beyond, uh, above and beyond anything you could ask or think. Think. The Bible talks about this, about our thinking, and unfortunately, we don't talk about it a whole lot at church, and, and so uh, I, I want to get into that and... and um, Let's start with a, a perfect scripture for, for this would be uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. It says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you. Who, who's going to transform you? Who? God. Let God transform you. Can't do it yourself. God's going to transform you into a new person. My goodness, how would he transform you into a new person? Real easy, by changing the way you think. That's what it says, by changing the way 
you think. So God has a plan for your life, a pattern for your life, a pattern of blessing. Uh, and, and God doesn't want you to conform to any other pattern. Don't copy the patterns and customs of this world. He doesn't want you to conform to any other pattern other than his pattern, which is a totally victorious pattern that he has designed for your life. God's design for your life is for good, right? Jeremiah 29 verse 11, his plans for you are for good, not for evil, to, to, to give you hope and to give you a, a future. His plans for you is, a, is promised by Jesus, John 10, 10. He came, the, the, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus comes that, you, comes that you might have life, have it more abundantly. So the world's pattern is gonna assure that you, uh, assure you a, uh, a, a mediocre life, a, a struggle, a disappointment, uh, but, but the word transform, you'll be transformed which comes from the Greek word, and there's a whole lot more Greek words than there are uh, English words. So if you, I'm sure you've you got a great Bible teacher here, so you know the New Testament originally was written in Greek. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. So in the Greek, the word transformed uh, here, metamorpho, changed into another form. That's where, the, where we get the word metamorphosis, right? A metamorphosis to undergo a, uh, to be transformed or undergo a change in form or nature. Just like an ugly caterpillar becomes a beautiful butterfly. Your life can be transformed and changed like that as you renew your mind and begin to think correctly or change the way that you think, start thinking differently. So Romans 12 is the only place in the Bible that that word transformed is translated into the Greek word metamorpho, where, um, where, where we're told to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. The, the word means to change from the inside out. Now, growing up, we used to sing a song, I've got something on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Something on the inside's working on the outside. What, what is this something on the inside? And that is a, a change in the way we think. It begins to transform. Something on the inside begins to transform things into change us into a new person. And, and that change begins with what we think about and what we believe about God, what we believe about ourselves. You know, some of the most important conversations you'll ever have outside of your conversations with God are the conversations you have with yourself. It's amazing the conversations, the negative, wrong conversations we have with ourselves. God, God did not say that you'd be transformed by praying more. He didn't say you'd be transformed by reading your Bible more. He didn't say you'd be transformed if you go to church more. He didn't say you'd be transformed if you give more in the heart for the uh, kingdom offering. Maybe uh, it might work, but... Um, he didn't say if you confess all your sins. No, the Bible uses that word metamorpho, transformed, which when, when it comes to renewing our mind, or in other words, by thinking differently. Now, first of all, let me just say, all those others are very important to your Christian life. You should pray more. You should read your Bible more. You should get to church every chance you can. Get here, be here in person. You should give as, as much as God blesses you and you're able to give and you, you should confess your sins and all that kind of thing. But the obvious truth is that if you want your life and experience to be different than it is right now, most of us said there's some area of our life we'd like to see change or see something different, then you gotta start thinking differently than you ever have in the past. So the, the positive, greatest positive change you can make 
in your life for, to see a real transformation is to change the way that you think. So we get these wrong mindsets. And so that, that's why I, I just realized how much of my life, I grew up in a small town in Mississippi. Some of you have heard me talk about that before. We were poor growing up. We thought you're supposed to be poor. Poor people go to heaven. That's what they told us. We did everything we could to stay broke. We were trying to get to heaven. We'd go to Kentucky Fried Chicken and lick other people's fingers. That's how poor, that's how poor we were. And so, so sometimes wrong mindsets and, uh, and, and, and in the areas that we want to change. Maybe it's an area of your health that you want to change. And you've got some wrong thoughts, some wrong mindsets in the area of your health. Maybe it's in the area of your relationships or, or your finances. And, 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 it, and it hurts because you, you've got these wrong thoughts. And, um, and, and so I'm going to give you a little wisdom in this, in this area. The Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. It's the most important thing you can get is wisdom. Always makes me think of um, Solomon. Remember when, when God came to Solomon said, Solomon, anything you want, you can have it. How many, how, how many like that? God just show anything you want, you can have it. How many be interested? Yeah, I heard about a guy, found a genie and rubbed the, the bottle. The genie came out and said, anything you want, you can have it. Pick, pick one thing. One, you got one thing. He said, oh man, he goes, one thing. He said, um, he said you know what? I've always, I've always wanted to go to Hawaii. And uh, he said, that would be my wish, is that I could go to Hawaii. The genie said, that's, well, why would you pick that? I mean, you can, that's easy to go to Hawaii. You just get on an airplane. He goes, that's the problem. I'm afraid, I'm afraid to fly on airplanes. He said, well, you can take a boat over there. He goes, I don't want to go on boats. My wish is that you'd build a bridge from California to Hawaii so I could just drive over there. And the genie said, that's, that's, a, that's crazy. That's huge. I mean, to build a bridge from California to Hawaii, it's not just building a bridge. I mean, you got to build places. It, that's a long drive. You're going to have to stop and rest. I'm going to have to build hotels. I'm going to have to build gas stations. There's just too much. That's just way too much. You need to come up with something different. He thought for a minute. He said, well, you know what? I did just recently get married. He said, could you give me the ability to understand women? And the genie said, do you want the bridge to be two lanes or four lanes? <laughs> Some things are just easier than others. But uh, um, so anything you want, God said, anything you want, you can have it. And, he, and, he, and then he starts giving Solomon choices. Behind door number one, wealth and riches. Behind door number two, the life of your foes. Behind door number three, uh, honor. He starts giving him these choices. And Solomon says, God, just give me wisdom. Now, I don't know how many of us would have thought of that. We'd have been like, you know, there's a house I've been wanting, or there's this car, or my son needs, you know, we'd have thought of a lot of things. Probably we wouldn't have gone, you know, God, just give me wisdom. But when he asked for wisdom, God said, you know what, because you've asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you everything else, right? So wisdom became the master key to open up the door to everything, everything else. And so as I begin to study that, I'm, I'm like, there's, there's got to be wisdom that, that, uh, that is in the Word that we can take and we can share with others to help people understand how their mindset changes things. Don't be copying this world and the customs of this world, but let God transform you. Romans 12, verse 2. So I'm going to give you four things, four biblical principles that you're going to have to follow if you want to see major changes big changes, and most importantly, lasting changes. You can, you, can change, you can change anything for a day or two. I can eat good for a day or two, right? As long as I don't pass a donut shop. The devil's in the donuts. 
If the devil's in the details, it's, he's in the donuts, especially the Krispy Kreme ones with the red light. Do y'all have Krispy Kreme here? With the red light that flashes? That's the flames of hell, that red light that just <laughs> run away from the... I've been doing good. I've been clean now about, about three weeks. I, no, no, actually, no, I haven't. I had a relapse Thursday. Uh, I don't even know what happened. I just blacked out. I, I just, I don't even remember. The light flashed. I blacked out. Woke up, glaze on me. I'm shaking. I'm like, I don't even, anyway. So you can change anything, right, for a day or two. But, but changing, uh, but, but uh, I'm talking about changing something for the rest of your life. It's going to require four things if you want to make a lasting change. Now, change always follows choices. And, and I think God's more interested. We, we want God to change our circumstances, but I think God's more interested in changing our thinking and changing the way we look at things. And, and so as I give you this little checkup from the neck up, your mentality becomes your reality, right? Your mentality. So you got to make up. I've had to learn this. How, and, and it's a whole nother message. I got a whole chapter in here. It talks about how to make your mind mind. How many, does, how, many, how many have ever found that your mind misbehaves, right? Yeah, uh, um, your mind can go here and there. And the enemy can't control your thinking, but he can sure put a lot of suggestions in there, can he? And so you have to learn how to control that, how to make your mind mind. But the, the first thing, uh, the first thing for lasting change, it requires a new way of thinking, which is what we've been talking about there. You're not what you think you are, but what you think you are. You're not what you think you are, but what you think you are. The battle for change, major change, is won or lost in the mind. It's won or lost in our, our thinking. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23. And I'm going to give you several scriptures, so I'd encourage you to write them down. You can go back and look them up later. Go back and read them later. I always encourage people to do that if you're online and, and, uh, and, and uh, write these down. But uh, let's start with Ephesians 4, 23. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Let the spirit, that's all in your, in your mind. And here's how it works. What you think determines what you feel. What you think determines what you feel. All feelings start with a thought. All feelings start with a, a thought. And, and they are the response to a thought. So what you think determines how you feel. What you feel determines how you act. What you feel determines how you act. So if you, if you want to change how you act, you want to change your behavior, you got to start doing some, some good stuff. you gotta, you, you, you got to change the way that you, that you feel because feelings affect your actions. But you can't just change your feelings. That doesn't work. I mean, I'm not going to feel that way anymore. But you got to go back to the root of it, which is a thought, which the Bible talks to us about taking captive our thoughts. So I can change the way I act by changing the way I feel. And I can change the way I feel by changing the way that I think. So how many would agree your mindset matters? How many would agree with that? Yeah. Okay, good. So what I think about how I think about it. Now, there is a, a Bible word for this process of changing the way that we, uh, that we, the, that we think and, and change the way that I feel, which changes the way that I act. And, and, and that is the word repentance. 
the word repentance. Repentance, and I'm not talking about, you know, the, I grew up in a church where repentance was like, you horrible scum of the earth, you need to get down here to the altar and God's coming back by midnight. If you don't get down here, you're going to hell. That was repentance. And, and repentance, what the, most people have, have no idea the real definition of repentance, but um, uh, it's, we, we think of, of repentance, you know, you, you're going to turn or burn. You better get right or you're going to get left. My grandpa used to preach that, but, uh, uh, and that's not repent. Repentance comes from the Greek word again, meta, uh, meaning to change metanoia, meta meaning to change noia mean means mind. So repentance means to change your mind means to change your mind. Repentance actually means to, to change the way you think. Why? Because if you change the way that you think, it'll change the way that you feel, and it will change the way that you act. That's why something on the inside, uh, uh, our thinking begins to change what's happening on the outside because the way we act begins to change. So to get saved, you don't have to change the way you act. You don't have to change the way you look. Yet something changes inside, and then as that begins to change, sometimes other things begin to change. And Man, you just... Something's so different about you. You just look because something on the inside is affecting what's happening on the outside. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Okay. So it's it's a uh, uh, it's a reverse of mindset. It's a mental U-turn. It's a a, a one eighty metanoia repentance. And the the way that change happens, we 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 look at um, look at Philippians two verse five. Let the the same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. Let the same attitude and purpose and mind, humble mind, be in you. What you think is a choice. What you think is a choice. So, so choosing is the beginning of changing. Choosing your thoughts is the beginning of seeing change. So when you begin to, to put on the mind of Christ, right? I, wanna, I have the mind of Christ and, and think, like like he does, then you'll start to see your your defects in a whole different light, um, and and you you have the mind of Christ. We had to teach us to our, our son Solomon. He's sixteen now, but I remember when he was little. One time he goes, Ah, I'm so stupid. I go, Whoa, wait, don't ever. We said we said don't ever say that. You're not. You have the mind of Christ. You are super brilliant. So every morning on the way to school, if mom was driving or I was driving, whoever, we'd, we'd put on the armor of God. Every morning, put on your helmet of salvation. You got the mind of Christ. He'd get his helmet. Put on your breastplate of righteousness. He'd put on all of his, his armor. One time, one time he told a, uh, he, 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 he took something and we, he told a little lie and we, we got, we caught him. And I said, why would you do that? Why would you lie? He said, dad, the devil stole my belt of truth. Took it and he, oh, and he took it to his lair. Yeah, I said you've been watching Bible Man a lot, haven't you? So when you change the way you think, you begin to think God thoughts. You begin to think God thoughts. You have the mind of Christ. When you begin to put on the mind of Christ and think like He does, then then all those areas of your life come to light, and you begin to see them in a totally, totally different way. Um, Ah, it's a whole bunch of stuff. I got to. I got to get on to move on to the next thing. Is this is this making sense? Is this making sense to you? Okay, good. Uh, the, the second thing. So number one, uh, to make a lasting change requires a new way of thinking. And we could talk on this. Uh, I just taught from this this book at, at our church for like 
I think six, six or eight weeks straight, because you could just teach on this forever and ever and ever. So I'm just trying to give you one little part of it right now. But um, uh, the second thing, change requires learning and facing the truth. Change requires learning and facing the truth. So number one, it requires changing a new way of thinking. Number two, um, change always starts with truth. You can't have positive change on negative ideas and lies and mistrust. So change always starts with the truth. And there's two important parts of it, and that is learning the truth and then facing the truth. Learning the truth and then facing the truth. Uh, Proverbs 23, verse 23. Let the truth, learn the truth and never reject it. Get wisdom, self-control, and understanding. Learn the truth, face it. You gotta admit it, you gotta acknowledge it. The secret to personal change you're like, I'm going to make some, I need will, willpower. No, no, that's, the, that's what will last you for a few days. I can eat good for a week or two. Uh, I got the willpower to do that. But the secret to, to lasting change is not, willpower will work for a while. And, and it's important. I'm not saying it's not important, but it's not going to work for the rest of your life. It, it's not about um, pills or that, that you can take to change or, or resolutions that you can make. It's knowing and facing the truth about you, about God, about life, about your family, uh, about, about your past, whatever it may be. I, I, I think um, you know the truth and the truth will set you free, right? That's what the Bible says. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So the, the, here's the problem. If the first step to lasting change is, is uh, to change the thinking, then I got I to gotta learn to to the truth about me and face the facts about me. We don't want to do that. And we don't want to face the truth because the truth a lot of times is uncomfortable. The truth is uncomfortable. It's, it's, it's painful to face the truth about me. I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather just stay in, in, in my own little happy fairy tale land and pretend that everything's just great in my life and, 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 and know that it's, uh, it, it's, know that it's not great, but, live in denial of not facing the truth. Here, here's what the Bible says. Um, Isaiah 30 verse number 10. And they tell the seers, don't see any more visions. And they say to the prophets, don't tell us the truth. Say things that will make us feel good. Sounds like the world today, doesn't it? Just say things that'll make us feel. See only, hey, listen, I want a word, but I only want it to be good stuff. See only good things for us. Just tell us good things. And we could, we could really go to town on that right there. But, but let me just say it uh, this way. You've got you've to see different perspectives. You've got to see different views. Anytime you don't want to hear something, it's just human nature to come up with some kind of barrier uh, or, or something so that we don't have to face the truth. I don't want to face the truth. And it's, it's, it's very common. Look at John uh, John chapter three, verse 11, John three, verse 11, Jesus said, I guess I'm just going to throw these scriptures out there. So I encourage you write them down. And, uh, Jesus said, I'm speaking sober truth to you yet. Instead of facing the evidence and accepting it, you procrastinate with questions. I love that. Have you ever used that tactic? It's, it's great. Every, every husband has used it. Every wife has used it. Every kid has, it, we, we use questions to divert facing the truth. Hey, look, what about us over here? 
So somebody, somebody says something and, and it's painfully true and, and we think of a question to divert attention because, well, he, he, and what does Jesus say? He says, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't procrastinate with questions. As Jesus pointing this out, he said, you need to listen to the truth so that the truth becomes, um, uh, what, so that then the question becomes, what is the truth? What is the truth that I need to know? Listen, none of us are perfect. None of us are, are, are perfect. We all have a couple flaws. We all make some mistakes. How many have ever made a mistake? Okay, good. If you've never made a mistake, you probably never made anything. Everybody makes mistakes. Everyone, uh, I, I wrote a whole book called Another Shot. And it's just all about, about coming back from mistakes and setbacks. I was, I was sitting in the, um, had the opportunity to work with, with uh, different NBA players and, uh, and, and some of the, the teams and that. And I was sitting in the lobby of the Island Hotel in uh, Newport, California and, uh, with Kobe Bryant. Um, and Kobe Bryant had set the record for the most missed shots in the history of the NBA. <laughs> awesome. Jake had that record. Most missed shots in the history of the NBA. Now, what's amazing is seven days after he sets the record for the most missed shots, he passes up Michael Jordan for the most points scored during his career. So the same guy with the most missed shots passes up one of the greatest players of all time. I said, how did you do it? He said, it's real simple. I just took another shot. <laughs> how simple is that? That's where I got the title for the book, Another Shot. He said, you can't let the fear of failure or the fear of criticism keep you from trying again. We're all going to miss some shots, right? We're all going to we're all going to miss it sometimes. What do you do? You take another shot, right? You just you just try try again. There's a great quote I love on the back of the book by um, Evander Holyfield, and uh, and, and I'm, I'm mentioning his name because the quote makes sense if you know who said it. I'm not just trying to drop names. Um, I just want to tell you what the five-time heavyweight champion of the world said about my book, but. Um, <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not. A, if, if anything I've learned from spending time with Oprah, it's that you shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't drop names. But um, no, Evander, uh, Evander Holyfield said, it's not getting knocked down that makes you lose the fight. It's not getting back up. Right? We're all going to get knocked down sometimes. How do you get back up? We're all imperfect. But the Bible says that there's, not, there's not a just man on earth that always does the right thing. So we'd like to deny that in ourselves and just see it in other people. First John 1, 8, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. The truth. You got to know the truth. You got to face the truth. If you want to see change, accept the truth. First part of change, I got to admit it. And, and I, I got I to make the changes uh, that, I, that I need to make. Um, let's go to the, oh my goodness, there's a whole bunch of good scriptures there. I got 12 minutes. All right, let's go, to, um, let's go to the third one. Let's go to the third one. Oh, man, that is good. Just read your Bible, okay? Um, <laughs> number, number, there you go. There you go. Get the book. Uh, the, 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 third, the, the third principle here. Um, so lasting, lasting change. What was number one? Come on, this is a test. Yeah, you're thinking, yes. Number two is what? Learning, facing the truth. Good. Okay, uh, the third one. Uh, lasting, lasting change, I believe, requires community and, and coaching. 
It requires community. You're not, you're not going to get well all on your own. You're not going we're better together. Right. And, and so I encourage you get in church, get in groups, get in, build relationships. We're, we're better together. You're not going to get healthy all by yourself. There's some things you're, you're never going to be able to change in your life on your own. And, and there's some, some problems that are so big, you're going to need it. You're going to need some people to tackle it. You're going to need some other believers, some other people with you to help you tackle it. And it's, it's like when you, when you have someone on the, the team that is, uh, uh, so big, nobody can take them down. They, it takes a team to tackle them, right? You got one guy that just runs, it takes two or three people to tackle them. And you need people in your life that will help you and support you and, and small groups, those intimate, uh, intimate settings are, are powerful. Uh, Ephesians 4.23, uh, what, this, what this adds up to then is this, no more lies, no more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. I mean, share with someone else. In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other, after all. And when, when you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. Another version says we belong to each other. We belong together. And so if you're going to see serious change and, and, and growing, it's going to take us helping each other, uh, encouraging each other, believing uh, in each other. You don't have to tell everybody, but you, but the moment you tell somebody, uh, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, whatever you're, you're, you're facing, I'm thankful that I have friends. I can say, Hey man, I'm, I'm dealing with this right now. I need you. Uh, um, the moment you can tell someone you get instant relief, relief, because now the, uh, the, the boogeyman is not so big anymore. Someone else knows. And, and, uh, uh, Proverbs 28 verse 13, you'll never succeed in life. If you try to hide your sins, Confess them, give them up, and God will show mercy to you. If you try to hide your sins, try to hide your flaws, your, 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 all your mistakes, your patterns, that, the stuff that everybody sees, but you're pretending like you don't see it. You'll never succeed in life if you, if you try to hide that stuff, but it says confess it, give it up. God will show you mercy. We waste an enormous amount of try, time trying to cover up stuff that everyone can see anyway. Our biggest hurdle to holiness is our desire to look good. I don't want anyone to think anything. I mean, our, our, our biggest hurdle or, or barrier is, is just wanting to, to, to look good. But by helping others, Galatians 6, verse 2, by helping each other with your troubles, you truly obey the laws of Christ. Right? So we need each other. We, you need coaches. So I'm thankful for pastors and staff and, and the pastors that we have here at Res Life to help you. Every, even, even the superstars need coaches, right? Every Olympic athlete, every pro athlete has a, has a coach, someone that's, that's encouraged them, a mentor, someone that, that's, that's higher than you. Um, and, and that, that um, uh, a coach helps you maximize your strengths minimize your weaknesses. I was watching an interview with the coach of the Olympic ping pong champions. You ever watch them play Olympics, uh, the ping pong? Like they're like 20 feet from the table and they're just slamming it the whole time back and forth. Anyway, they were, they were interviewing the Chinese ping pong coach of the champion team. And, and they said, how do you deal with your team's weaknesses? He said, well, what I do is I focus so much on their strengths that their weaknesses disappear." Right? And, and we, we, we need coaches that will focus on helping us. I mean, you can see the principle everywhere throughout the Bible. If it's in the Bible, I'm in for it, right? Joshua had a coach, a guy named Moses. Elisha had a coach by the name of Elijah. 
Solomon had a coach by the name of David. David had a coach by the name of Samuel. Uh, the 12 were coached by Jesus. John coached a guy named Polycarp. I mean, Timothy was coached by Paul. Paul needs Timothy and Timothy, every, every Paul needs a Timothy, every Timothy needs a Paul. So you need to be learning and you need to be teaching. The greatest way to remember what you learn is to teach it to someone else. So you need to be passing it on uh, to, to someone else. Now, um, oh man, Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. One time I said, man, I got so much to say, I barely know where to start. And the lady in the back stood up. She said, start as near the end as possible. So it's funny the things. One lady came up to me after church. I was signing books in the back. She's like, your message was like a breath of hot air. I'm like, I'm not sure how to take that. Ephesians 4, verse 11, 12, 13. Christ chose some of us to be apostles, prophets, missionaries, pastors, and teachers so that his people would learn to serve and his body would, would grow strong. And this will continue until we are united in, by our faith, by our understanding. And then we will be mature just as Christ is and we will be uh, completely like him. Now talk about transformation. If you're serious about your life and, and working on those hard changes you need to make, the things that you don't like, the patterns that were set maybe in childhood, you got to get a coach. You got to get, uh, get you a small group, get you some, some, uh, some community to help you uh, to get through that. So the principles, if you're going to see lasting change, requires a new way of thinking, requires learning and facing the truth, requires getting a, a good community, good coach, pastors, get rid of the, the, the tough things in your life. And then the last thing is lasting change requires the Holy Spirit. Lasting change requires the Holy Spirit. And this is something you can do. Uh, it, this is not something you can do with just human energy to see the real impact, the real change. Only God can make those kind of transformations that last forever in your life. When you hear someone got saved and immediately they never did drugs, they were addicted to drugs, got saved and immediately never touched it again. Right? That's the, the Holy Spirit got involved in that kind of transformation. And, and listen, you can, you can make a law that says no prejudice, no racism, no bigotry, but no law is ever going to stop or turn a bigot into a lover. Only God can do that because it's an internal change that has to take place. And only Jesus can turn someone who is prejudiced into someone who's not, turn a hater into a, a, a lover. Um, Zechariah chapter four, verse six, look at this. Um, then th then he, he told me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel. I just, I just love saying that, Zerubbabel. Everybody say that with me, Zerubbabel. <laughs> it's like we were trying to decide our son, Solomon or Zerubbabel. And uh, Christine said, we, let's go with Solomon. I said, okay. I just wanted to say Zerubbabel. Anyway, uh, you will not succeed by your own strength or by your own power, but by my spirit. Not by, not by my power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. You can no more transform your life to be like Christ than you could transform yourself to be a, a, a tiger or Although people identify as a lot of things these days, Lord help them. 
You cannot transform yourself on your own power. Willpower is not enough. Now, remember I said earlier, you didn't, you didn't collect all the, the habits and hurts and hangups overnight. So, you, so, so it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take the Holy Spirit to make this change. Uh, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him. How many want to be more and more like him? Makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. I love that. It takes the Holy Spirit in your life. And as he works in me, I become more and more like him. And, and the same thing for you as well. It may not be instant, but I become more and more like him. I mean, think about it. when God t- makes a, a, a mushroom, it takes about six hours. You ever, seen, you ever notice that? Like no mushroom, you go back later in the day, there's a big mushroom right in your yard. You know, um, it takes 60 years to make an oak tree, right? But a mushroom, you want to be a mushroom or you want to be an oak tree? I don't know if that was a good example or not, but it, <laughs> I tried to smoke mushrooms once. I, I, I couldn't keep the pizza lit. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to forget these jokes tonight. So uh, um, I, I, I'm sure you how to... I can show you how to become spiritually strong, healthy men and women, but it it, it takes time. You can't do it quickly. It's not instant maturity. It's not instant maturity, instant holiness, instant mashed potatoes, instant coffee. No, how serious are you about changing for the better? What does that mean? Get in here every chance you can. Every opportunity you can, get to church, get to church. Get in, in, in the classes, get in groups, get in anything you can do. All that maturity takes time and it takes effort. And how serious are you about changing those parts of you or, or, or maybe parts of your personality that irritate you? Um, not just everybody else. You got those parts that irritate but You got parts that irritate you. You irritate yourself in some of these areas. How interested are you in, e- in evicting the fear and the worry out of your life? How interested are you in, 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 in getting the self-centeredness out of your life or the laziness or the procrastination or the anger or the jealousy, getting rid of insecurity? If you really want to change for the better, you take those four things from God's word and you just begin to put them to practice. And, and, and there, there's, there's so much more to this. None of us are perfect, right? So we, 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 we all got to keep working on these different areas uh, of, our, of our life. I'm out of time. Let me pray for you. Did this help you at all? Did it? Let me see here. Did this help you at all? I, I hope it, I hope it helped you. Lord, I just, I just, Lord, I know every one of us have, have struggled with with patterns and habits and things in our life, whether we're online tonight watching or whether we're right here in the, in the room, maybe some, some weaknesses or character flaws or um, defeating behaviors. Some people are in, a, in relationships and they're, they're, they're stuck and it's cold and it's, it's dying and, and others are struggling with habits and, and, and hurts and People are struggling with fear of things being out of control. And the more afraid they, they get, the more controlling they become. And, and it pushes people away. Lord, I just, I ask you tonight, Holy Spirit, to give every one of us the courage to take the steps that we need to take for, for lasting change and for, for making those changes. And Father, I, 
uh, we're, we're asking you to help us learn and face the truth. Help me to, 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 to spend more time in your word so that I can learn the truth. Asking you, Lord, to help each one of us get connected to others in community and, and, uh, and, and, and find a group that will help us through those tough times. We can say, hey, here's something I'm dealing with. Here's something. I need some prayer. I, I, I know I can't change it on my own. Lord, I'm, I'm asking you to help me think differently. Renew my mind. Change the way I, I, I think. A new mind, a new way of thinking uh, to, to look at things and to see things differently. Most importantly, Holy Spirit, I need you to, uh, I give myself to you. Make the changes in my life that, that I want to see change. I can't do it on my own. It's not by my might or by my power, but it's by your spirit, by your spirit. While your heads are bowed, I just want to give an opportunity for anyone's here tonight that maybe you've never said yes to Jesus and opened your life up to him. I'm just going to ask you right now, just real quick, if you're here in the room, maybe you're watching online. I never like to close out giving people an opportunity to say, to say yes to Jesus, to come to him, to come to your life, make the changes that that you need to make. He'll help you make those changes so you can become the, the woman or, or the man that, uh, that you've always wanted to be. All you gotta do is, God, I can't do it on my own. I need your help. Jesus, I need you. Save me, change me. I surrender my life to you. If there's anybody here, I'm just gonna count to three real quick. You already know if that's you. Online, you can just pop up a little hand emoji. I just wanna pray with you real quick. If, there, if there's anyone one, two, three. Anybody in here? Anybody? I want to I put Jesus first place. I want to say yes to Jesus tonight. I need him. I need to put him back. Maybe I need to put him back first place. He was at one point. He's not right now. I want to put him back where he belongs. Number one in my life. God bless you. God bless you. Maybe online you popped up a little emoji. God bless you. Father, I thank you for those hands that were raised tonight. Like we said this morning, if everything we did, if, it all, if, one, if just one life change, it'd all be worth it. Lord, I thank you for those that maybe for the first time are saying yes, or, or maybe they feel far from you, and tonight they're making a decision to reprioritize and put you back, to draw closer to you. Lord, I thank you for helping us to make the changes that we need to make in our life. Holy Spirit, I just ask you, we surrender everything to you. Everyone say these words with me. Say, Jesus Christ is my Lord. He said, if we believe in our hearts, say with our mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, we'd be saved. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.